If you will, remain standing for the reading of God's Word. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. Now I'll begin reading in verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And assuming all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them the time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may come to worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. They fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Please be seated. So the Gospel of Matthew was written to the Jews with the primary purpose of them knowing, understanding, and believing that Jesus Christ is the long-awaited Messiah and King of Israel. Jesus means Yahweh saves. Christ means the anointed one, the Messiah. So Jesus Christ is the long-awaited Messiah, the King of Israel, and the eternal King of all who came to save sinners. Matthew began his gospel with the genealogy of Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. In the end of chapter 1, we learn of the supernatural birth of Christ, That Mary the Virgin was betrothed to Joseph. Mary was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. Mary having a son and calling him Emmanuel. It fulfilled scripture. Specifically that found in Isaiah 7 verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And you shall call his name Emmanuel. As we continue in Matthew 2 today. Please place Matthew one twenty one in your heart. Keep it on your mind. She will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. And he will save his people from their sins. The angel Gabriel told Mary, You will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. Joseph, Joseph had a dream. And in that dream he was visited by an angel that told him that Mary will have a son conceived by the Holy Spirit, and you will call his name Jesus. Matthew 1, 25, 24 and 25, when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. 
He took his wife, he knew her not, until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So Joseph obeyed the Lord. Mary had a son, and they called his name Jesus. Matthew is declaring to his Jewish audience that the wait is over. The Messiah has come. His name is Jesus. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom, and salvation is found in this king alone. For Christ has already died. And Christ has already been raised. Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And he is saving his people from their sins. Chapter 1 of Matthew ends with Joseph taking Mary as his wife and adopting Jesus as his own son. Chapter 2. Chapter 2 instructs us of what happened months after the birth of Christ. Look at Matthew 2 verses 1 through 4. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem in search of them. During this time, Herod was king in Jerusalem. So wise men came searching for king of the Jews, and Herod the king finds out about it. Point number one we find in verses one through four, places and people to know. Places and people to know. Bethlehem is the first place for us to know. In the Old Testament, this town is remembered as being found in Ruth as well as listed as the hometown of King David. 1 Samuel 17, verse 12. Now David was a son of an Aphrodite of Bethlehem and Judah named Jesse, who had eight sons in the days of Saul. The man was already old and advanced in years. So Bethlehem of Judea, the birthplace of King David, as well as the birthplace of Jesus Christ the Messiah. Bethlehem was a physical location in which a son of God was seen for the first time by his creation. God put on flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. We find this in Bethlehem. This was a small village of the southeast side of Judea. At the time of the birth of Christ, the village lay open to the wilderness of Judah, and almost everyone in the biblical record from this village was associated with shepherding in some way. In other words, a majority of people in this town were doing things that nobody else wanted to do. It was once called Ephrath, which means fruitful, as we find in Genesis 35, Ruth 4, Psalm 132, and Micah 5. Ephrath was renamed Bethlehem, meaning house of bread, after the conquest of Canaan led by Joshua. So living bread was born in the house of bread. How can we not marvel at the sovereignty and providence of God in this? God rules at all times. And at the time of the birth of Christ, Herod was king. This is the first person for us to know, Herod. It wasn't long after the birth of Christ 
that Herod, who was often called Herod the Great, died. But before he did, he was extremely busy. In 40 BC, Herod the Great was called the King of the Jews, though he was not a Jew. So it was no surprise to us when he is marveling as, where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? That's my title. Herod did help his people in times of famine, but he did so for his own benefit. But Herod is primarily remembered for his craving of power, his craving of position, and that of being a ruthless, downright evil man. He had his wife's brother drowned. Then he had his wife and her mother, as well as two of their own sons, put to death. And five days before Herod's death by illness, approximately one year after the birth of the coming of Christ, he also had his third son killed. He was a harsh and extremely prideful man, even to the point that he knew those in Jerusalem would not weep at his death. So in preparing for that, he arrested individuals of well-known, who were well-known citizens, And he said, on the day that I die, kill them so that there will be weeping in this town. He displayed the depravity of man, the wickedness of sin, the very reason that Christ came to save sinners. Christians often remember Herod as a man who tried to kill Jesus. Tried. Matthew chapter 2, verse 16. Then Herod, when he saw that he'd been tricked by the wise man, became furious. He sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all the region where the two years old and under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Herod fell because the Lord rules over all of creation. Yahweh is bringing to pass his perfect will every second of every day. Do we have free will, you might be wondering. Yes, we are free to do that which God allows you to do. We can make plans and we should make plans according to the word of God, what he has breathed based upon his word, but the Lord determines our every step according to Proverbs 16, verse 9. Just as Matthew one twenty one states, she will bear a son, you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. Jesus coming to earth was not an opportunity for people to be saved. Jesus coming to earth secured that his people would be saved. There is a difference between God giving a promise and God giving a possibility. We serve a God of promise. Jesus would remain sinless. He would lay down his life. He would save his people from their sins. He would rise and commission his people. He would ascend into heaven. And now he is on his throne and he is building his eternal kingdom that will never fade. The Lord made a promise, not a possibility, and it was accomplished. If you're a child of God this morning, you can trust every promise that the Lord has made, that it is as sure as done. When we think about the promises of God, and we need to think about the promises of God as his children, we need to rejoice that it will be accomplished. We should be treasuring the commands and promises of God. You know, Christians, we can approach circumstances 
and seasons with anger, frustration, anxiety, where we can give those things to the Lord and we can trust him, knowing who he is, remembering his character and what he has revealed to us in his word, and having his promises, we love them. The truth that presidents will come and go, kingdoms will come to an end, but God, his kingdom, they will reign forever. The question is, are we as his people trusting him? Look at Matthew 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So now that we understand the village of Bethlehem and Herod the king, let's look at the wise men from the east. These wise men were distinguished enough that when they entered Jerusalem, they were known. As they questioned people about the birth of the king of the Jews, where is he who has been born the king of the Jews? Where is he? These wise men were magi or priests. They were court advisors. And most likely they were astrologers. John MacArthur notes, possibly wise men from Persia whose knowledge of Hebrew scriptures could be traced back to the time of Daniel. These wise men, they were in search of a king who had been born king of the Jews. Verse 2 says, For we saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now, we don't know much about the star except that it led them to Christ. But it was a work of God, perhaps a nova, possibly like the pillar of fire or the pillar of smoke when the Lord led his people out of slavery. Numbers 24, 17 gives us a little bit of insight. It says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of Sheth. These wise men, they followed a star that the Lord provided. And it seems that they knew to look for it. Songs have been sung about the wise men. We have heard that there were only three of them because there was only three gifts, but Scripture does not say. Most likely there was many more. What is Matthew's focus here? Is it upon the wise men? No. It's not. These wise men, these Gentiles, traveled to worship Jesus. Even in the very beginning, his people weren't worshiping the Lord. It was the Gentiles. I love the words of James Montgomery Boyce. The fact that so little information of this kind is given shows that Matthew was not interested in how many wise men there were, the length of their journey. He wasn't even focused upon the star. Rather, he was interested in the fact that from the very beginning of the story, Gentiles came to worship the Jewish Messiah. These wise men were not there the night that Christ was born. They showed up months later, if not years. The Gospel of Luke tells us that the local shepherds in the region came to worship Jesus that night only because an angel of the Lord appeared to them and told them what was happening. Luke 2, verse 9, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. 
And they were filled with fear. By the way, that's what happens when God's messengers come. We're filled, filled with fear. It said, fear not. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So imagine just for a second that you are a shepherd out in the field keeping watch of your flock by night. An angel of the Lord shows up and starts talking. And when he gets through speaking, there is a multitude of angels praising God in your presence. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. The angels leave. They don't talk about the angels. They don't have a conversation about what just happened. They're not concerned. They are overwhelmed with what has just happened. And they said, We've got to leave our flocks and we've got to go. We've got to find this child and worship this child. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and a baby lying in a manger, just as the Lord's messengers said. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard, all they had seen, and all that had been told them. So God led the shepherds to Jesus as well as the wise men for the purpose of worship. The worship of Christ is the only rightful response of his creation. We don't worship the Lord for a season, but for all of life once we are justified. We just sing about this. May all of our life be a a blessing unto the Lord, worshiping Him. That if one appears to just love God for a short period of time, that person was never truly saved to begin with. These wise men were looking for the King of the Jews to worship Him. Why are you here this morning? Are you here for a religious gathering? Are you here to feel better about yourself? Are you here to attain more knowledge? Or are you here to worship the Lord who saves sinners? These wise men were looking for the king of the Jews to worship him. Matthew 2, verse 3. You have Herod. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. Herod hears of these wise men entering the city entering Jerusalem. He listens to their words. They were looking for a child who had been born king of the Jews. He wasn't a child. That was his title. What's happening? News that a king was born was a problem for King Herod and his throne. Because for Herod, life was all about him. Matthew 2, verse 4, And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So Herod was troubled. Jerusalem was troubled. 
So Herod does something that a wise king would do. I'm going to gather the chief priests. I'm going to gather the scribes. I'm going to ask them, do you know anything at all about the coming Messiah? And if so, what do you know? The chief priests, they were Jewish temple and religious leaders, mostly made up of Sadducees. The scribes, the scribes were Jewish authorities of the law. Basically, they were lawyers who were primarily made up of Pharisees. They were scholars who explained the law as well as the implications of the law to the people. These are the two groups Herod got together to discern the location of the birth of Christ in history as well as the Holy Scriptures. These two groups were known as haters of Jesus. And yet we find they knew the Scriptures. They failed to recognize and worship the Messiah. They are not like the wise men. They were not like the shepherds. They failed to rejoice. They failed to leave and to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords who had come. This brings us to point number two. Knowing what God has said is important. Think about this truth for your own life. How many people do you know who have been led astray by someone saying, this is what God has said when God never said it? Knowing what God has said is important. Herod asked the question, where is the Christ? Where is the anointed Messiah to be born? His counsel answers. He has his counsel that's been gathered. He says, they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, For so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So the chief priests and the scribes, they answer Herod with words based upon the Old Testament prophet of Micah. Micah 5, verse 2. But you, O Bethlehem, Epirath, You are too little to be among the clans of Judah, for from you shall come forth for me who is one to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old, from ancient days. Notice the words here in Matthew, which Matthew uses in quoting Micah 5, verse 2. Ruler and shepherd. Ruler and shepherd. These were described in Messiah as the ruling king as well as a tender shepherd of his people. If Psalm 23 doesn't come to mind, it should. Yahweh is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. For his name's sake, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell secure in the house of Yahweh forever. These chief priests and scribes, they knew the Scripture. They answered Herod, but the truth of the Scriptures along with the wise men showing up, it did not move them to go and worship the Messiah who had been born. The location of the king, the location of Jesus, was only six miles from them. 
Six miles. They had no desire. These wise men show up. We have seen his star. We have followed him. We are here to worship the Messiah. They are six miles away. Herod hears of it. All Israel hears of it. They have no desire to worship him. They are just troubled by the fact that these wise men have come. Knowledge of Scripture is great. Knowing what God has said is important. But we must be born again or we are lost. There is a difference between knowing Scripture and knowing the Lord. Knowledge does not save. We are not Gnostics. The Lord alone saves by the power of His Holy Spirit through the preaching of His Holy Word. Romans 10, 17, so faith comes through hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. That leads us to answer a basic question as Matthew begins his Gospel. Are we confident of our own salvation? God provides assurance in His Word. These wise men show up in Jerusalem looking for the Messiah. Herod gets to work looking for the answer of where the king was to be born. But he wasn't wanting to worship the Lord. And that brings us to point number three. A secret meeting with a hidden agenda occurs. A secret meeting with a hidden agenda occurs in verses 7 and 8. So Herod the king, he's troubled. Jerusalem is troubled. He hears from his people where the child was to be born. Verse 7, Herod summoned the wise men secretly. I love those words. He didn't invite the chief priests and the scribes to this meeting. He summoned the wise men secretly, ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, saying, that's where you need to go. Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may come to worship him. So Herod got what he needed from the chief priests and the scribes. Then he called a secret meeting with the wise men, having a hidden agenda. Herod wanted to know when the star appeared. How long ago? How long ago was it since you saw the star and you followed following the star? Provide for me the exact day and time that the star appeared. In other words, Herod was wanting the age of the child. Herod gets what he wants. He gives the wise men the location even though they didn't need it. And he sends them on their way. Herod wants them to find the child. And he comes back and and report to them. Go find the child. Come back and report to me the exact location of this so-called king of the Jews. He sends the wise men to Bethlehem saying, search diligently, search carefully, find him. And when you find him, bring me word, report to me so that I can go and worship him as well. This was a secret meeting with a hidden agenda. Herod was working every single angle for his name and his kingdom. Point number four, we find in verses 9 through 12, worship in a divine dream. Worship in a divine dream. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. So imagine that you're a wise man and you're leaving this town. 
And the star that they had seen when it rose, it was going before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. They didn't have to search diligently for the child because the Lord was giving them the exact location of the child. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They listened to Herod the king, and they went on their way, and following the star, it came to rest over where the child was. I mean, verse 10 says it all. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. The wise men were glad and full of joy when their journey had come to an end, and they saw the star again. The star had brought them to the Messiah, brought them to the Lord. The Lord had led them to the anointed king that was promised. Look at verse 11. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and they worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. So the star came to rest over where the child was. The wise men were filled with joy. They entered the house and seeing the child, they fell down and they worshipped. These Gentiles were led by the Lord and they fall before the Jewish Messiah and they worship Him. This brings to light another question. Is this what we are doing who proclaim to others that we have been saved? Are we worshiping the Lord? Knowing that Christ has already come and ransomed sinners. This is not a picture of a Christ who has accomplished everything. This is a picture of a Christ who has just come into the world and they're worshiping Him. We have every promise. We, have, we are privileged to have the Scriptures in our language with a myriad of different translations. Do we respond each day by worshiping the Lord? I mean, should we not be joyful of Christ and His redeeming work at all times? They fell down and they worshipped the Lord and they offered Him gifts. They provided the Messiah with gifts fit for a king. All their travel, the gold, the frankincense, the myrrh. Now it is possible that these gifts had special significance. Scripture does not say. Many people have said gold is for royalty, frankincense is for His deity, and myrrh is for His humanity and His burial, preparing the, the king for the fact that he came to die and to save sinners. But what we do know is that they provided appropriate gifts for Jesus the Messiah. They laid costly treasures at his feet. And these gifts were significant. Psalm 72, 10 and 11 says that. May the kings of Tarshish and of the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations serve him. Isaiah 60, verse 6, A multitude of camels shall cover you, the young camels of Midian and Ephah. All those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news and praises of Yahweh. As Christians, we know what we are to offer. We do not come before the Lord bringing Him things that will perish. We come before the Lord knowing His commands and knowing what He demands of us, and that is our very life. And we say, Lord, I am here to live my life for You. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew gets to this later. 
In Matthew 16, beginning in verse 24, we are told what it is to follow Jesus. And Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Whoever would save his life would lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So life is only found in Christ. Gospel of John confirms this. For what will a profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? What shall a man give in return for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come with his angels and the glory of his Father, and then he will repay each one according to what he has done. So it's not the profession of our lips that says, I am a follower of Jesus. It's our profession upon our lips, and if it's true in our hearts, we will live our life following Jesus. We need to be like the wise man, diligently set on worshiping the Lord, living our life for that of none other than Jesus Christ. That is the only acceptable gift of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God's children are to joyfully worship Him, knowing that He has come, He is building His eternal kingdom, and that He is coming back. And God knows your heart. I don't. Do you just know about Jesus Christ, or do you know Him intimately and live for Him? If you have been born again, are you aligning your life with what God has breathed? Or are you justifying your sinful ways at the expense of what Romans 1 says? You are suppressing the truth. You are claiming to be wise, but you are a fool because you are suppressing that which God has breathed. All this has happened. The the wise men have come. They have come before this child, probably two years old of age, They fall down before him. This child is still in need of food and nourishment and supplies from mother and father. And they fall down before this child and they worship him. Matthew 2, verse 12. Being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. The Lord once again provides wisdom and insight into a situation by a dream. The wise men worshiped the Lord joyfully. They gave him gifts, and they were warned by God in a dream, do not return to Herod. And they returned home going a different route. You know, even in this story alone, some worship Jesus as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, like the wise men, while others are troubled by him, and they hate him, and they want him dead like Herod. The question is, which person are we? Let us be reminded of what worship is. John MacArthur states, Worship is, the Christ- is to the Christian life what the mainspring is to a watch, or what an engine is to a car. It's the very core, the most essential element. Worship is honor and adoration directed to that of God. And how do we know who God is? How do we know who He is? How do we worship Him rightly? 
We don't come before the Lord doing unauthorized worship. That doesn't turn out so well. We come before the Lord giving the Lord all that He has said in His Word. We seek to glorify the Lord in all of our ways. Listen to the words of J.C. Ryle concerning the wise men in Christ. They believed in Him when they saw Him a little infant on Mary's knee and worshipped Him as a king. This was the crowning point of their faith. They saw no miracles to convince them. They heard no teaching to persuade them. They, they beheld no signs of divinity and greatness to overawe them. They saw nothing but a newborn infant, helpless and weak, and needing a mother's care like any one of ourselves. And yet when they saw the, that infant, they believed that they saw the divine Savior of the world. They fell down and they worshipped Him. So do you believe? Is your faith in that of Jesus Christ alone? For He is the long-awaited Messiah. He is King. Are you His actual servant or are you just a fan? Are you joyfully living your life to please Him? Or are you more concerned about the possibility of a future retirement? Do you think, I am a student, I am a teenager, I will please the Lord later on in life, not believing that God can use you to do marvelous things now that you have been born again? Are you joyfully living your life to please the Lord? The truth that Christ came to save sinners shows this world the great need of a Savior, but it also shows us our great sin that separates us from a holy God. That Jesus is truly our only hope in life and our only hope in death. That we are not our own, but we belong body, soul, life, and death to that of Christ. Jesus Christ has paid for his children. And his children are to live lives knowing him, keeping his commands, holding on to his promises, and making him known. Are you living to the praise of his glory, or are you so much like Herod in your everyday life, concerned about self while missing the Messiah completely? When these wise men arrived, they fell on the ground. Worshipped. May we as a church, may we as people who say that we have been born again, who believe that the gospel is truly good news, the best news in all the world, may we love the Lord by falling down and worshiping the Lord every day. Father, I thank you for your holy word the reminder of you coming and you providing souls to worship him, showing us what we are to do with our life, that we are to worship the Lord, to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Father, we need your help this morning. The sins that you have brought to our minds, may we 
come before you, laying those at your feet, confessing them, naming them one by one, turning away from them, and truly worshiping you. Father, we are undeserving people, Lord. I pray that you would prick our hearts this morning by the power of the Spirit, through your word, that we as your people, we are here to worship you with all that we are. Lord, make this happen in us for your name and for your glory. And we pray this in the name of Christ. Amen.